Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for March 25th, 2008. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined each week by my good friends Bob Varley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. In the peanut gallery this week, as usual, Mr. Will Perry. In this week's show, we'll discuss the top news stories on the Diz, including Universal's announcement that a new high-tech roller coaster is on its way. Bob Varley will tell us about Epcot's Flower and Garden Festival, which started last week. And Kevin Close will have his review of the Crystal Palace at the Magic Kingdom. All that plus roundtable rapid fire on this week's edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. Uh, we do have some housekeeping, nothing major, just some things I want to make sure I mention because I keep forgetting to. First, we do have a bunch of videos up on YouTube. We've been putting a lot of our video up on YouTube lately. And uh, we have a Diz Unplugged channel. I'm going to include a link to that on the show notes page. You can go to podcast.wdwinfo.com, and the link will be there. And you can go check out a lot of the videos that we've put up. And in case you haven't heard, we're blogging now. Uh, DizUnplugged.com is our blog. And uh, we've all been getting into the act and trying to get used to blogging on some kind of regular basis. It's a lot of fun. It is. It's a lot easier, though, when you're out doing something yeah. than, you know, when you're sitting in the house trying to figure out what do I want to talk about. I, I give I give major props to a lot of the bloggers out there that can do that. I really need to be in the moment and inspired. Otherwise, I'm useless. Other than we got new breadcrumbs over the weekend, I didn't really have anything yeah, to talk it's, about. Yeah, it's really kind of tough. I said um, I had taken a notebook with me just to jot down things during the course of a day mm-hmm. just to because when it goes yeah, in there and then it the, falls out. You end up in the parks a lot more often, I think, than the rest of us do. Yeah. Um, so it's maybe a little bit easier for you. Um, Bob, is, Bob is really, really good about getting out into the parks and finding out what's going on. I need to get better. I've been better. I've been better I'll come lately. Get you. Oh. Yeah, but you, wanna, you like to be there like crack of dawn, and I'm just going to bed at crack of dawn. Oh. So... I'll come back and get you. Are you ever embarrassed to set your alarm for 1130? (laughs) If I was, I'd be embarrassed all the time. (laughs) I've had trouble with the daylight savings time switch over. It's like the other night I was up till 2.30 in the morning, and usually I go to bed one one thirty, and it was like, oh, my God. And I wasn't tired yet. You see, I had had gotten my sleep schedule back into something decent where I was in bed by, like, midnight, 1 o'clock. I was getting tired. I was sleeping all night. It was wonderful. And then when Walter, when I had to take Walter to the uh, emergency room when he had his appendectomy, I was up all night. And that just, whatever happened, it just reset my sleep schedule. Even on the cruise, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, I was wide awake. Um, And... I can't say, couldn't stay in the stateroom because, you know, you cannot disturb Walter when he's sleeping. Everything has to be quiet, dark, and cold, and perfect. <laughs> so you can't. So I would take my notebook up on deck and find Do a... Do we know anyone else like that? No, no one. Yep, yep, yep. You have to put black electrical tape over the DVD cock. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know at his, father's, at his father's house he had the windows painted black in his bedroom? Not the windows. Yes, you did have the windows I painted had, black. I had black drapes. I, I have to cover the, <laughs> I have to cover the, the little uh, light on the TV in my bedroom because it's like it's this big, huge beacon. He said to me last night, are all the lights off in the rest of the house? I said, can you see any of them? <laughs> like, I'm not getting up to go look. Are any of them bothering you? I just need to know if they're on. If they're on, they bother me. <laughs> I think it's, Corey's that way, too. I could sleep with blinding light on. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
I have to make Diana turn her, her phone over so it's facing down because the light on that lights up the whole room. It's like, it's sunshine. See, I, can, I can even sleep with the TV going because I like to fall asleep with the television. Um, but if I forget to set the timer, I end up having dreams about Anderson Cooper, <laughs> you know, uh, which is very, very, very weird. frightening. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say nothing. And none of, none of you are going to say nothing either. So many jokes. So, so many little jokes. time. <laughs> uh, the other thing I, I wanted to mention is that uh, we are doing cast member appreciation voicemails. We're playing them on the show in between our segments. And we've got a lot of good ones. We're going to be playing four in this uh, this week's show. As a matter of fact, I've got to start playing four in every week. So you can give us a call, one eight seven seven three one zero nine six six two, And uh, tell us your best cast member experiences. Tell us, uh, you know, whether it was a recent trip or a trip from years past. Cast member that made a, uh, an impression on you, did something special. We're not looking for any complaints on cast members. Um, we do enough, uh, I think we do enough criticism on the show ourselves of uh, things that go on at Disney. We're actually just looking for those good stories, those cast members that made your, made your vacation a little bit more special. And uh, that same phone number can also be used to leave us voicemails if you have questions for us in our, uh, for our email show. Just starting to get caught up now on the, on the number of voicemails. I think I still have about 40 I have to go through, but um, I went through a whole bunch this weekend. Again, that number is toll-free in the United States, one 877 Three one zero nine six six two. All right. The other thing I want to mention, as I mentioned last week, we're going to be doing a uh, a show over at the Gaylord Palms with an audience on May fourth. And uh, you know, I'm referring to it as a live show. It's not actually going to be live, like on the internet live. We're just recording it with an audience. Yeah, we still reserve the right to cut stuff out. Oh, absolutely. Like, like I'm, not, I'm not ready yet. I'm not brave <laughs> enough yet. I, I give. I give mad props to the uh, the podcasters out there who will do live shows. I'm ready. Uh, with this group, I just can't. I just can't run the risk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, open mic frightens me with these guys. Uh, so, <laughs> come on, you all know what I edit out of this show. <laughs> do we know any specific shit? Do we know how large a room we're going to have, or uh, how many people we can yet. accommodate, or anything like that? Not I'll, I'll have that for next week's show. Bob will get uh, some more information on that. But I do need to know, I, I need to have a, a, as close an idea as possible of how many people we're going to have. So if you do plan on joining us for the May 4th show, we are going to have some, some gifts for everyone who, uh, who comes to join us. Just uh, go ahead and RSVP. Just shoot us an email, podcast at wdwinfo.com. Let us know if you can attend and if you're bringing anybody with you, how many people. And if there are going to be kids, we'll need to know that too so we can have something for them as well. And uh, we are still looking. Uh, I've got a whole bunch of them, but I'm, um, we're actually going to do, uh, in the next couple of weeks, probably after I get back from Disneyland, uh, we're going to do, I've got enough now, I can probably do a whole show on post-vacation letdown suggestions. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we had that woman from the Chicagoland area called in and asked us what we suggested for how to get over a post-Disney trip depression, mm -hmm. yeah. basically. And I thought that was a really interesting question. And apparently... So did a lot of our other listeners. Gotten a lot of uh, emails and a lot of voicemails. We were going to do it as a segment, but now I think we're going to do it as like a separate special show. Special show. Cool. A um, lot of really good suggestions and a lot of people calling in from the Chicago area. Apparently something in the water in Chicago makes you depressed when you come back from Disney. Or the water know? falling out of the sky in the 
shape of snow. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's that too. Yeah, it's 69 degrees. Or yeah, it's it? a little chilly here today. It's uh, 69 going on 70 degrees. 70 degrees. So, so that's what we've got going on in the housekeeping. Did anybody else have anything before I move on to the news? All right, then we're going to move on to our first news story this week. The scam artist has been arrested. A suspect has been named in connection with the recent recent rash of cons being perpetrated against Disney hotel guests. You may remember a few weeks ago we discussed that someone was calling up people in their hotel rooms telling them they had won a Year of a Million Dreams prize, and if they could give their credit card information, they would be getting something, and of course they never got anything. 23-year-old Jason McLaren, a former Disney cast member, was arrested during a traffic stop this past weekend and subsequently has been charged with the crime. Some of the things McLaren would do would be, well, what he would do is he would actually watch these guests. He'd like scope them out for a day or two, see what room number they were in, how many people were in their party. So he, he would call up and he'd say, you know, we know you're in room 3006 and, you know, we have uh, discounted hoop de doo tickets for you for you, your husband, and two children. And uh, so it's, he sounded legitimate, and people were giving out their credit card information. And uh, police actually have video of him making calls from the house phone at the Polynesian Wilderness Lodge, Pop Century. And it's not the first time he's done it. Yeah. He was caught doing the same thing two years ago, but was able to avoid arrest. And they did say, the officials uh, did say that uh, he is cooperating with the investigation. So, What a freak. Yeah, well, you know what, what? What the what the sheriff's was saying was that he's a huge Disney fan, and he was taking the money he was making the thirty thousand dollars that he scammed from people doing this, and he was buying uh, buying park tickets and keeping some of them for himself and selling others at like really really big discounts, <laughs> and that's how he was making his uh, making his money. I think the traffic pullover, they they were watching him, and they just looked for a chance to pull him over. There's something else I've been hearing about. People are um, talking about the fact that their credit card numbers are being used after staying at Disney hotels. So it's something people need to bear, be aware of also. If people are using their credit cards at um, some of the Disney resorts, they're finding uh, additional purchases for gas in this area. Really? Right. We've seen a lot of reports about that on the boards. Right. Uh, and what they're doing is people are using the number. So you really need to be diligent about your credit card statement. If there's not a charge on there, that, if there's a charge on there that you don't recognize, you need to call your credit card company. Wow. And Disney. I, wow. had, a friend, I had a friend that had a charge of $120. He came down when we played golf and he checked his next statement, and there was a charge there. That, and he called me and said, do you remember us doing $120? We had no idea. And it ended up he contested it, and they took it off. But it's always good when you're traveling to make sure wherever it is, not, not just Always Disney. pay attention to that stuff. We were here. Now, this was years ago, and I won't tell you which gas station it was because I know they had they were infamous for it, but I know they've changed hands since then. You would be charged over the course of several days. You would be charged three times for the same purchase. Oh, really? And when we called the credit card company, they let us know that this particular gas station, it's actually not that close to Disney, so it's not something you really need to be concerned about. But they were known to triple charge. 
Yeah. Scammers everywhere. Yep. And, you know, it's just you got to be cautious. But there are some things you just can't, you know, you, you just can't stay on top of. So Just be aware of your credit card statement. Absolutely. Right. Watch that credit card statement after you come home. So, All right. Our next story is what uh, Fox News is referring to as the Teacup Madness Trial, which is set for jury selection in early April. You might remember the story of the woman who was accused of beating another guest after accusing her of cutting in line at the Mad Teacups at the Magic Kingdom. Amy Krause claims that Victoria Walker of Alabama accused her of cutting in line at the Mad Teacups attraction and became so enraged that Walker allegedly attacked her by punching, kicking, and even trying to choke her with a water bottle lanyard. Medical records reportedly confirm that Krause's injuries were substantial and have caused ongoing physical issues for her. Walker was arrested last May right after the incident and returned home to Alabama only after posting bail. Walker faces a possible 15 years in jail for uh, felony battery. And if uh, it's appropriate use of a water bottle strap. <laughs> yeah, see, that's just wrong. Does it say where the trial is going to be held? Uh, it's probably going to be held here since the crime Fantasy occurred here. Land. I am so signing up for that jury. <laughs> Corey, you missed out on that one. I did miss out. Oh, so, yeah, just crazy stuff can happen anywhere. Calm down, people. Yeah, really. You'll get it's on. a ride. You're going to get on. It wasn't even a good ride. But you know what? I understand that. I understand that people become so... I don't understand the beating of people. No. But I can understand that, you know, you want so much for your family and your kids. And I, you know, Disney is a little bit stress-inducing. I mean, people are trying to see everything, and you've waited so long in line... When someone gets ahead of you, it can be enrage you, but not to the point of choking someone with My a water bottle. My problem is that, strap. you know, there might be a family in line and say there's four of them. And then the five other family members come traipsing through the line like 15 minutes later, passing up everyone. It's like, you know, you should wait in line, too. You know, I don't feel like holding spots in line is fair. I like the people who say, do you mind if my wife joins me? My reaction is, yes, I do. But you're more than welcome to go back and join her. <laughs> Well, you know, I don't know. I, 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 it, it's one of those pet peeves I think a lot of people have. There, but like you said, you know, people spend a lot of money and do a lot of planning, and some, in some cases, as we well know, get very obsessive about planning these trips. And when anything happens that's outside the plan, yeah, uh, people off, kind of go can go a little nuts. Throws off their expectations. It, I don't remember when did this happen. This happened uh, last May. The other thing is, it gets really, really, really hot here in Florida. And I think people just their their patience. boiling points rise. I don't not to make a joke out of that, but I think that's the right word. Your patience just well, especially lost. when you're when you're in crowd. It's hot. You're in crowds. You're waiting in long lines. You're spending a lot of money, and uh, you know I'm not trying to make any excuses no. for for this one. What she did was grossly inappropriate. But we also don't um, know the specifics. Maybe there was an exchange of words that was not appropriate. Right. You know, someone might have said something, and someone said yeah, it still died. doesn't still doesn't right. rise to the level of a yeah. of a thrashing like that. So <laughs> were the teacups running when what was going on? No, actually, she was. Uh, they were stopped, and at one point, this woman, according to the report, this woman had her pinned between. The saucer and the cup. <laughs> oh my gosh! Shouldn't laugh. Shouldn't laugh. Yeah, we it's really shouldn't. Not no, funny. We shouldn't laugh at all. It's really not funny. The cow ran away with the moon. And uh, what? So. <laughs> That's not how it goes, Bob. But good try. It's not. No. 
Who runs I think, it, the, was, I think the, it was the cow and the spoon. No, the, spoon. the dish ran away oh, with the spoon people. All right. <laughs> oh, Lord. oh, boy. <laughs> My story has it going with the cow. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. We're certainly going to follow up on that story as that trial unfolds. And our final news story this week came as a bit of a surprise to us. We had not heard that this was coming, but Universal has announced that they will be adding another new attraction to Universal Studios next spring. Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket is being billed by Universal as the, quote, most technologically advanced roller coaster in the world, end quote. It will reportedly allow riders to select custom music soundtracks that will play during the ride and will even allow you to custom cre- uh, create a custom video of your ride experience that can be emailed to fa- friends and presumably uploaded to YouTube. That's cool. It's very cool. Uh, the ride marks the third major addition to the Universal Complex in the last year, the third major announcement of, a, of an addition to Universal in the last year. The Simpsons ride will be coming online any time now, replacing Back to the Future. And this new attraction is slated to open next spring, around the same time that the Wizarding World of Harry Potter is scheduled to open at Islands of Adventure. Universal is re- attempting to reverse some of the massive losses they have incurred to Disney, especially after the opening of Expedition Everest in April of 2006. Now, I mentioned on the blog that I posted about this that um, I think this is a great addition for Universal. I think this is, 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 it really sounds exciting. I don't think they're going to get the people they need to get with that ride. They're going to do a great job grabbing people with, with Harry Potter. There's no question. They're going to get huge crowds for Harry Potter. But the crowd they really need, if they want a long-term solution to their ongoing attendance problems, because there have been attendance problems at Universal since the day they opened. They, they have peaks and valleys. It's not like Disney, where Disney has always just kind of progressively gone up, uh, with the exception of maybe right after 9-11, things dropped off a bit at Disney, but that was, that was an anomaly. They keep attracting people that can't afford to come back every year. They keep attracting college kids, 20-somethings, um, and that's great. I'm not saying they shouldn't do that, but, you know, I, I made the uh, a comparison uh, in the blog to Expedition Everest. Expedition Everest is that kind of roller coaster. If I'll do it, then it's not really a real roller coaster. It's a great ride. Don't get me wrong. and Don't send me hate mail. I love Expedition Everest. But I am a wuss when it comes to, ride, you know, really extreme rides. And if I can stomach Expedition Everest... It's not a roller coaster in the truest sense of the word, which is what Universal is building here. And I think the, the analogy I used in the blog was, you know, it's the kind of ride where parents, you know, can go on with their kids and feel cool, Expedition Everest is. But, you know, parents become the bag holders when they're, when they're standing outside of the Incredible Hulk, uh, Dueling Dragons, Kraken over at SeaWorld. Th- those are roller coasters. Those are I, I take you know I take one look at those and go not on your life. I love yeah, those. Me too. Now I mean, I, I what, like you, the you, fact you, you'll ride those. Those? The, yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, way. I thought you said you love those. Bob I, almost passed out after Expedition Everest. He almost killed me on Expedition <laughs> Everest. It's like, okay, just let me I'm sit like, down it's for tame, a few Bob. Minutes. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's okay. You can do it. Yeah, right. It's. It, I won't call it tame. I mean, you know, Expedition Everest is is has its moments. It really does. It does. But it's not so much. It's not like. But it's not like. Maybe not it's going the upside down or anything. Yeah, there's I mean, no upside down. There's no. Yeah. See, rock and roller coaster. It's just like, 
I'm just holding on till the end. I think the the thing that I, I I think the way I can explain it with Universal Studios is Universal Studios appeals to people who visit now. Disney has that tendency to want to make you want to bring your kids. I want to show it to the next generation. They seem to have that sort of legacy to Traditional. it. Traditional. Yeah. Universal comes up with something that's really cool and now, but it's the kind of thing that... It doesn't age well. It, it doesn't age well and it kind of... And I don't know how to say this. It, it almost becomes forgettable after you've done it. Yeah. It doesn't... Nobody comes back and says, oh gosh, I love that when I, I want to take my kids Kind of like Disaster, the replacement yeah. for Earthquake. Yeah. It, it's cool in the now, but it doesn't translate well over time. But I, I do have to say, I'm, I, you know, I... I'm so thrilled that Universal... I mean, Universal's really pulling out all the stops here. Yep. Uh, these three announcements with The Simpsons, Harry Potter, and this. This is... They're throwing a gauntlet down here. I mean, they're not... This they is want not a bigger a, piece of the pie. This is not a half-assed attempt at, right. at getting people through the turnstiles. This is, we are going to compete. I love this part. And they're bringing Universal Studios to the next level. Islands of Adventure has always had the, the big roller coasters. Now Universal Studios is going to have one of these massive roller coasters. Yeah, and coasters. they're also saying that this coaster, because it's going to be on the, uh, the end of Universal where... Uh, uh, Blue Man Group and uh, the no, I, I thought it was over by Jimmy Neutron. Uh, Jimmy Neutron, Jimmy Neutron it, yeah. Between those two, and that it's actually going to come out, come out on City Walk, so yeah. they can the, throw things. Is what I was going to say was that um, yeah, the no. drunks will start throwing things at the roller coaster. Yeah, at the roller coaster. <laughs> I was going to say is what Universal does very well is they understand their limitations and they play off of them. They're not afraid to show you what's inside their parks from the roads. You drive around there, you can see dueling dragons, you can see the Hulk. This thing coming out the city walk is now going to grab the attention of the people who went to Islands of Adventure and said, oh, there's a cool roller coaster over there. I want to go over there and do that. So I think that's where they've really gotten smart is they understand their limitations. I don't think they, they worry that they're not a legacy park. I really don't. I think they want to be concerned about being cutting edge yeah. and let me grab your attention and bring you in now. Yeah, I agree. I think they're bringing that to I'm, I'm happy to see this ride go into the Universal Park. And uh, it it shows between the Simpsons and that this ride here that I I think they're looking to upgrade that park in well, general. They, they need to. And, I mean they, and there's they, more I think there's more to come I, I well you know what I I'm inclined to agree with you. I think there is more uh, that that they're probably going to announce as time goes on. I'm not sure how much more though NBC is willing to green light for a park that has been losing attendance. Well, I, um, now, last year, though, I mean, honestly, I, th- I think last year their their attendance numbers were up, yes. driven in large part by that incredible $86 ticket they've got out there. Yes, and, uh, and attendance is up the first uh, quarter of this year, too, from what I understand. And uh, I think they're getting a bigger part of the pie, and they see the bigger part of the pie, and they want more of it. I don't think they're getting a bigger part of the pie. I think the pie's gotten bigger. I think that I think. They've, they're showing... Is that all right? I just think we're talking about pie. <laughs> <laughs> Making Kevin hungry. I'm a little hungry. What can I say? I think that everything that we've been seeing is there's been a steady increase in tourism to Orlando and, and, and Florida in general. And there's more people who are coming, so there's more opportunity for these other parks to take something. I don't think anybody's taking anything away from each other at all. 
I don't think there's any cannibalization no. at this point. We may come to that point. Well, there is. No, there was definitely cannibalization of Universal's uh, uh, guests when they opened up. Uh, between the, the restructuring of the Magic Your Way tickets that made it only you know $20 to add two more days, uh, that hurt them. And then when they opened ex- Expedition Everest, there was clearly, absolutely, that affected their... Uh, mm-hmm. Their attendance numbers. That's what did it to them. Magical Express has an effect on it too, where they take them to, right to the right. resort. Right, they're, 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 yeah. There's two million people a year coming into town that don't, don't have cars. Right. Uh, so, it, I mean, all these things have conspired, but that's what competition is all about. Exactly. And you know, as I've said before, you know, we end up winning uh, because these guys duke it out and they just try and outdo each other with cooler and newer things. And I love to see Universal in the game. I think that's really important. I think that helps push Disney to think uh, outside the box. And, you know, they can't. They, one thing I'll say for Disney is they won't rest on their laurels. Uh, they, will, they will counter this. They're going to wait and see how it's going to go. And if there is any kind of cannibalization, you better darn well believe that Disney will respond to it somehow. Disney's got deep pockets and a lot of land. Yeah. Uh, two things Universal doesn't have. But uh, Universal is... I, I love Universal. I've said it before. I think their hotels are fantastic. I think their parks are fantastic. I think and I have it. really seen them. I've really, really seen Universal uh, re- come a long way, especially in the last couple of years. They had a lot of management changes over there a few years ago. And I think we're really starting to see the, ben- the, the benefits of those management changes. People who are thinking a little bit differently about what to do and what sorts of things to... Uh, to, to bring into the park. So I'm really, really excited. I think 2009 is going to be an incredible year for Universal. It's going to be an incredible year for visitors to Orlando because we're going to have more options now. And don't overlook those hotels, folks. Do not overlook those hotels. But please do yourself... And yes, we sell these tickets, so I do have a financial interest in this. But you really, really should buy, the, buy those. If you, th- if you think you're ever going to Universal again in your life... You need to buy those $86 tickets. Seven days consecutive admission to both parks um, for $86. They don't expire. It is the best ticket deal in town. So I got to get that plug in because at any time they could pull that off, or I'm surprised they're still, that we still have them. Yeah. So It's like money in the bank. It is indeed. So, All right. That is going to do it for the news this week. We're going to move on to... The weather, as I mentioned, it, it oh, it's now seventy-one degrees. Went up, uh, went up a degree, uh, seventy-one degrees in Orlando right now. And right now, the rest of the week looks incredible. Uh, highs in the low eighties, lows in the sixties, and sunshine all week. Um, really looking like a nice. Uh, I'm hitting the parks this week for more videos. This is if you're coming into town this week, you're you're looking at. Uh, at, at a very good, uh, at a very good weather week. Yeah. We're not looking at even a prediction of any kind of rain no. until next Sunday. There's blue, yeah. blue sky all the way, and I'll be out in the parks taking photos and video. And it's a gorgeous day today. How did you? Although well, it was very chilly last night. It was. It was in the forties last night. Oh, yeah. We were crazy. pulling the homeless in off the street. How does your not clock us personally? <laughs> <laughs> How does your clock know it's sunny? I have no idea. It's an atomic it. clock. And there's a there's a thing outside. There's, there's a, a sensor. There's outside. a sensor a outside. Guy so. outside saying, "Oh, it's sunny." Yeah, tell people that, that is that is that's what's doing it. It's his yard gnome. Yard gnome. <laughs> <laughs> it has a big boot. It has a big boot on one foot. Big boot. 
So, all right, that's the weather, folks. We're going to move on to rapid fire. And while we're talking about universal, ah, while we're talking about universal, I guess I'll go first. Oh, you you beat me. Universal. I was all ready to I jump in. Beat okay. you with a stick. Okay. Uh, universal has opened up a new karaoke club, a live karaoke club. Instead of uh, singing along with a recording, oh, yeah. you actually have a band behind you. And this is replacing the uh, what was it the the city jazz, jazz city, city jazz. jazz yeah. And I thought this they was a backup singers too. Yeah, everything, really, the band, really the backup cool. singers, a, a stage lights, the whole nine yards. Flat screen TV. They're doing ju- yeah. the, you know they're, they're going to be doing judging contests. This isn't in response to Disney bringing in American Idol or anything, is it? I, I, yeah, there you go, there you go. Um, but I thought they well they needed to do something with City Jazz because City Jazz was just like a sleeper. Yeah, it was dead weight over there. It was an absolute sleeper, and. Uh, you know, so I thought that was I thought it was a really cool twist on, on karaoke because karaoke is very still very popular. I'm big on karaoke. But just the question: karaoke. Are we going to have are the Japanese tourists going to go over there and sing with the band? Because they love their karaoke. <laughs> they love their sushi and their karaoke. Wasn't that what they do over at uh, Swan and Dolphin the kimonos? At kimonos, yep. They have like karaoke night, and then all the Japanese tourists get drunk. We enjoy karaoke. I never sing, but no, just, we don't sing. <laughs> we just like to watch and make fun of the people who can't sing. <laughs> Well, you know what? Whether they can sing or not, if they have enough uh, cojones to go up there and uh, and sing in front of other people, I give them all the credit in the world. And by cojones, you mean mojitos. Okay. <laughs> mojitos. Mojitos. Alcohol. Yeah, I need, yeah. But still, you know what? Even never, even I've on my drunkest on my drunkest of drunk days, you would never see me get up. On a stage for, and do karaoke. I think this is a send Bob to the parks idea. Oh, <laughs> so wrong. Karaoke Bob. Karaoke Bob. Karaoke Bob. You're gonna you have can, to you can take an eye, eye of the tiger song. Like. <laughs> <laughs> the eye of the tiger. <laughs> Don't be looking at me. <laughs> All right, Bob. What do you have? I have Delta Airlines is canceling some flights. Oh yeah, I heard about this. And. Uh, this upsets me because people that are already booked, some of their flights are getting canceled, and they're they're cutting their uh, their air into Orlando by forty five percent. Really? Well, I know they're laying off a lot of people yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, they're thirty thousand people, half of their half of their workforce. Non flight stops from Columbia, South Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina, Fort Lauderdale, Greensboro, North Carolina, Las Vegas, Little Rock, Arkansas, and Miami are all being cut back, and uh, they're offering refunds for people that are booked on these flights already. I just, it upsets me that... I thought the airlines were doing better. Some of the airlines are. Not Delta. Well, you know what? Good, because I think Delta sucks. I've always thought Delta. Ever since, ever since when, when I had to fly back to New Jersey, when my dad died, and the way they treated me, the way they treated me... I mean, I was I was devastated, and the, yep. the way and they knew it was a bereavement flight, and they messed with my flights and they messed with me, and lost my luggage, never replaced it, wouldn't pay for it. I mean, it was they they just a hor- it's a horribly run airline, and they're finally getting their comeuppance. I feel very sa- sad for the thirty thousand people who are about to lose their jobs. That's a terrible thing, but. You know what? Hopefully that was a poorly, airlines, poorly yeah. run airline for years. 
It was it, they, they took they, the customer service was an absolute afterthought for them. Well, I always find that you know if you're trying to to get a flight and it's within 14 days, they they try to tuck it to you, and then most times the the price is high and people say, well, I'm not going to go. Whereas other airlines like Southwest, they do like seven day prior and they have the internet specials and. They're, they're flying full flights. You know who's big, too, on the Internet specials, who's been great? has been Spirit. Spirit, JetBlue. Um, I've, I signed up for the Spirit, uh, you know, the, the email alerts. Yep. And I get these, I mean, every, almost like twice, two or three times a week, there are these terrific deals. You see the one-cent Coming one into sales? Orlando, they have a one-cent sale, but not coming into Orlando, they no. have a penny sale. Eight, eight, but eight I, dollars. But routinely, routinely, yeah. I see $69 each way into Orlando from a lot of cities. Especially up and down the eastern seaboard. So, and one of the other things Delta did was they're holding on to their their flight spaces and uh, not letting some of these discount airlines take over those routes. And uh, now Delta's in a financial bind where they have to start. They're going to have to start releasing some uh-huh. of these. So it's like I, I thought that was really well. You know, Delta. Uh, like I said, I couldn't happen to a nicer airline if you so, ask me. What I what I want to tell people is make sure if you are booked on Delta, you you may want to look at where you're coming from and if they are going to be cutting flights, be careful booking for the next. You know they could do it again. I mean for other uh, areas of the country too. So just be aware when you're booking Delta. That's what I say. All right, thank you, Bob. Mrs. Martin, what do you have for us this week? The Haunted Mansion Limited Edition pin release. It's going to be Friday, April 18th, this year. Garrett Webb from the Disney Design Group created the artwork for the collection, and it features some of the most famous inhabitants of the Haunted Mansion. The release of the whole collection will take place at Uptown Jewelers on Main Street, USA. In order to purchase these limited edition pins, you will need a wristband. They will be distributed starting at 9 a.m. on that day at the Center Street entrance to Uptown Jewelers, and only while supplies last. You can purchase a pin with a wristband until 11 a.m. that day, but after 11 a.m., the pins can be purchased by anyone who did not previously buy the pins on the day of release. Is this land or world? World. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, the purchasing limits are individual. I may pin. actually. I'm sorry. I may, I may actually show up for that. The individual pins are two pins per style per guest. The collector set two collector sets per guest, and for the framed set, it's one framed set per guest. Wow. Is that going to be an overnight thing that you have to stay in line till? No, does it, Julie? Does it say anything about the addition size of these pins? No. Pin, pin trading has really fallen off, and I have a feeling this is one of those things that's being overhyped. The Haunted Mansion is extraordinarily popular. Uh, yeah, it I, still is a problem. I have never. I, I I collected pins for about twenty minutes, but I, I have <laughs> a, I really. I collected them for about twenty minutes, and but I have I love the Haunted Mansion and. These pins. I, when you, as you're talking about, it, I'm saying to myself, "Okay, I might actually like be there for that." I might, I've never done that before. I've never ever gone and gotten a oh, wristband for pins. That would make a pins. great blog. You would love the pin traders. You would. <laughs> you would love them. I got, but and the, they would the question love is, you. would they love me? <laughs> I got. I got your back, Peter, on this. I one. Also, All right, Bob. I, We're I going wanna, together then. 
Okay. I want to send a warning to those who may try to save spots for other people in their party in line. I kill you. They will not allow you to do this. If they see you saving spots and someone joining the line that's not headed, that's not coming to the back of the line, they will make you all move to the back of the line. Oh. Choke you with a water. Oh. <laughs> I can see Pete. Let's take this over to the teacup ride. <laughs> Don't make me throttle you. Oh. So you said that's uh, April 18th? Yep. All right. When the park opens, 9 a.m. Cool. Cod Cam can get there quick. I'll have to ride in the back because you can't save me a spot in line. Right. Or we'll have to get a second Cod Cam. Well, you can hang on the back. Bob and I, Bob and I, oh, that should be fun. Jet, in, jet into the park together. Will's back there laughing. <laughs> <laughs> you can see Peter holding onto the back. Go, Bob, go. Bob, Bob has an excuse to ride it. You know, he's got he's got the issue with his foot. He's got the boot. I'm just fat. You could ride on the handlebars. No, I think we should get him oh. heelys and let Bob pull him through the park. There you go. This actually was sent to me by one of our listeners, so that was really nice. Yeah, get Heelys. Do we want to mention the listeners? Oh, I, I didn't. Oh. Yeah. You get Heelys, and I'll put a tow rope on the back, and it'll be like water skiing down <laughs> That would be cool. Yeah, especially with those tracks in the middle of Main Street. Yeah, really? <laughs> I'll, I'll try to avoid that. Which, I loved your video of going around the Magic Kingdom. you got to stop crossing them tracks. I, I know. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because um, I, I just I, I did want to tell people, Bob. Uh, you know, Bob has the the video camera. He can attach his video camera to the back of his cart, and uh, he what he's been doing is driving around the parks, just taking video. We've been putting that up. There's a reason though that we did that. Um, we've had uh, a couple of our listeners who have autistic children, who have told us that the videos that they find on the internet. Uh, really help prepare their kids before going to the parks. It helps them, I guess, be less overwhelmed. I'm not sure what the what the main reasoning is why that works, but it does. We've heard it from more than more yeah. than one person, so that was the reason that that we started doing those. And of course, but of course, I mean anybody who you know, especially that Magic Kingdom one, because you were there first thing in the morning, yeah, and you captured that whole it captured that whole. Uh, well, that's the feeling you get. The whole get. feel, yeah. I, I love that video because it gives you the it gives you the feeling of what it actually is to be in there first thing in the morning. The, you got the trolleys, you got the trolley parade, uh, little dance thing that comes down, and and you have all the all the different uh, car vehicles that are driving up and down the street, the horse drawn trolley and everything, and it's it's just magical during that time period, and I just love doing that. It's yeah. a great time to be in the Magic Kingdom. But I found myself talking, like saying, "Okay, Bob, turn right, turn right." Well, but you know, also people have said people because the the way the video looks, it looks like Bob is about to hit people. He's not as close to those people in the video as it looks. It's, it's the way the camera's positioned and the way the lens is. Well, the the lens has a very wide angle, so uh, it's it's picking up uh, everything on the sides, and it looks some of these things look like I'm almost hitting like a pole on the side of the street. Yeah, and he's really not. And I'm like three. Three feet away from the edge of the curb. Yeah, a couple of people have mentioned that. Oh, Bob, you're getting really close to those people. No, yeah. he really isn't. And that little girl in the sweater that oh, yeah. stepped down <laughs> in front of me. I mean, if you look at the video, I was I was stopped by the time she took that second step back. The, and the wheel marks came out of her sweater. No, I, I haven't. I don't run people over. <laughs> no, I mean, he doesn't. I, it's amazing. I don't know how he doesn't run anybody over. But, one but of the somehow things, he yeah, manages to avoid that. One of the things where I had to cross the tracks going up Main Street was. I had the horse and the trolley coming down Main Street on the track, so I had to get off the tracks 
and get out of its way. So, and I want to understand that, and that's fine. And but I, you were going over them and back over them and back over them, and it was well, like sometimes I it, am nauseous. I, well, I try. I, I, number one, I'm trying to slow down a little bit, and so people can see. see I, yep. Yeah, I didn't get any uh, any motion sickness yeah. watching. The other watching thing this. is, and I, I will get motion when I'm sickness crossing watching back and forth. Like a lot of times, when when I when I do a zig or zag, you'll notice that I'm actually trying to highlight like for example over near Winnie the Pooh I wanted to get and show there are the no entrance. tracks back there there's no tracks <laughs> but another thing that's actually in the ride <laughs> another thing that screws up the video is when I hit areas that have the cobblestones and it's like <laughs> and I say oh that's it's gonna unavoidable look good. that's so, un- that's unavoidable that I can understand but it just seemed like well no what he's what, he, what, he, what he's doing is he's trying to aim the camera in a direction so you can see certain things so you things. can see certain things that's why yeah. he's zigging exactly. I get it Stop it. Okay. I'll try. But, uh, Stay off the tracks. I thought it was because he had too many beers with lunch. Well, the other thing is I don't want people just, you know, stand, riding down the street, standing behind one group of people. If I can see a spot to get around people, you know, I'm not following them down the street. I, I'm trying to be aware of that, too. Right. So I had a lot of fun with that. Yep. Cool. Thank you for hijacking my rapid fire, Bob. You were done. Peter, did, Peter <laughs> you hijacked were done, it. and I hijacked it. And uh, with Epcot, Epcot's Flower and God, and I have some good video that's coming up on that, too. Cool. Thank you, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Martin. It looks like there's going to be a Louisiana kiosk at the Food and Wine Festival this I'm year. You're so excited, aren't you? I am. Yes, we are. I'm thrilled. The, the Louisiana Department of Culture, Recreation, and Tourism is in talks with Disney to, um, to staff a kiosk to promote the state's culture, food, and drink. Um, Chuck Morris, the agency's director of tourism, said it will cost the state five hundred dollars to $750,000 to showcase Louisiana at the Food and Wine Festival. The state will be asking local convention and visitors bureaus to help um, to buy into the program, reducing the state's costs, giving local areas a chance to show off their food and culture. The state will be meeting in the coming weeks with Disney engineers and artists who will design sets and backdrops of Louisiana landmarks for the event. We're thrilled about this. I can't wait. I have well, you, some. You had mentioned it last year. You wish they would do this. Yeah. If you're listening, a beat a beer. A beat a beer. A beat a beer. I think some of the food they'll have, um, jambalaya. Definitely, that's a, that's an easy one that they can they can make and you know portion out throughout the day. Seafood gumbo, that's a it's it's another rice dish. So no telling if they'll do two rice dishes. Blackened catfish, maybe a crawfish pie. Crawfish, yeah. Fried oysters, pralines as a dessert. Do you eat anything that's not seafood? In well, you, you can make jambalaya without seafood. Oh, okay. Could do chicken and sausage. Yeah. You know, Corey, you mentioned they it's going to cost over a half a million dollars for this. That upset me that, you know, I think Disney should step up me to, too. to help the community in New Orleans to offset some of that cost themselves if you're listening it's not, to Disney. Yeah, it's not like they're not spending a lot yeah. of money trying to rebuild New I Orleans I mean, this right is now. a way for them to, to, to but give it back. Vice versa, one could also say to, New or- to, to Louisiana... Couldn't your money be better used somewhere else? Yeah, this than they, doing they, this. Louisiana does have a tourism budget, and this is going to bring a lot of uh, hopefully. I think uh, that's why they're probably a lot, doing a lot of it. Tourists into Louisiana. Yeah. yeah. You think that Iowa booth last year brought a lot of tourism in Oklahoma? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. <laughs> it did. Didn't even know what state it was. It made such an impact. <laughs> it it actually did have an impact on o- Oklahoma. What are them powdered things they sell? Beignets. Oh man, I they sell those. <laughs> It would be nice if we did that. John <laughs> will have, have powder down the front of his I shirt. I would. Yeah. I, I don't know how hard it would be to make, but I mean, I think that 
It, it depends. I don't know what they're going to have as far as drinks go. I mean, we said a beat of beer. Maybe they'll have a mint hurricane. Julep? Yeah, the mint julep. Okay, Disney. Should be interesting. There's all your suggestions. Maybe a little Tabasco what do you think type about, thing set up. Um, backdrops. What kind of scenes? St. Louis Cathedral, French Quarter, Missis- Mississippi River, River Bridge. River boat. Um, I don't know if they're going to put the, the cemeteries over there. That's pretty I think there's some, there's some iconic New Orleans yeah. images that they'll use. You, you know, know, like the Louisiana Bayous. Right. I think they'll use one of the old buildings and make it a backdrop like they're down yeah, in If the they have a stage, they should have, you know, you know, have some jazz players out there. Exactly. Some, Zydeco, some bands. Zydeco bands. Zydeco bands, yep. Corey and Julie be, be there every night. We'll definitely go critique it. Oh, no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. Cool. Well, thank you very much, Corey. Kevin, what do you have? Uh, Julie Andrews, Disney royalty, is releasing her autobiography on April 1st, and the name of it is Home, A Memoir of My Early Years. Now, this is going to be released on Disney's imprint, Hyperion Books, and she's going to be doing some book signings to go along with it. She is going to be at Bookends in Ridgewood, New Jersey on April 1st. She's going to be at the Barnes & Noble in Union Square on April 2nd. She's going to be in Worcester School in Boston, Massachusetts. Worcester. Whatever. Worcester. I don't really care. And tell those people that we're not making fun of you. I know. Oh, you're the one with the funky accent. Worcester. Worcester. It's not Worcester Worcester. Worcester, Worcester, Worcester. (laughs) <laughs> That's going to be a fundraising event. She's going to be on April fifth. She's going to he be. He doesn't a, like it when the shoe's on the other foot. I, mean, I don't. I have big shoes. What can I tell the boot. you? <laughs> uh, the boots on the other. That foot. was Worcester. <laughs> I got made fun of because I, I said Peabody wrong. Hey people, if it's going to be Peabody, spell it with an I. Right. I can't help it that you <laughs> spelled it wrong. I didn't spell it wrong. <laughs> I was told that ninety percent of the population would say Peabody. Ten percent says Peabody. If you wanted to be pibbity, it's P-I-B-I-T-T-Y. <laughs> April 5th, she's going to be at a book signing in Macy's in Philadelphia. April 8th, she'll be at Disneyland. With armed guards. What was the date for Worcester? I'm not telling you. Um, April 3rd. Thank but you. that's a fundraising event at uh, the school, so I don't know that that's going to be open to the public. Uh, April 8th at Disneyland She's going to have an honor and a presentation And a book signing And April 10th she's going to be doing a book signing At Borders Books in Los Angeles, California Now I understand I just read a review of this book That this really is her early years And this part of it ends With her boarding the plane to go meet Walt Disney To talk about the filming of Mary Poppins I read that too Oh boy So There's a second book in the Yeah story. that's no, what they think Of course I Well I imagine I mean there's. I don't know that this will take into account uh, Mary Poppins or The Sound of Music, and yeah. I think there's a lot of people out there who that's well, what they recognize yeah. her from. So I hope she does real well with it. Well, thank you very much for that, Kevin. John, Disney Cruise Line and the Port Canaveral Port Authority have extended Disney's contract for 15 more years over at Port Canaveral. This is exciting news because in addition to extending their contract, which was sort of up in the air for a while, didn't know if Disney was going to go back to Port Canaveral, they've also committed the two new ships that are coming in 2010, 2011 to... 2011, 2012. 2011, 2012 to Port Canaveral. And what's nice about this is that they've also committed a bunch of resources. They recognize the fact that there's going to be some uh, improvements needed to the port itself, to the dock, and they're going to be building a multi-storied 
uh, parking garage, which has a lot of speculation. There's a lot of people speculating what's exactly going to happen. It looks like what they're going to do is build a multi-story parking garage with um, a walkway, a catwalk, above the roadway. Oh, cool. That'll go right into the terminal. So they're sort of extending the Disney experience now. You don't have to cross the street. You don't have to go through all that stuff that's going on there. So I think that's going to be really neat. I'm sorry. What I thought was funny about the announcement was that... Uh, you know, part of the deal, as John just mentioned, is they're they're having to uh, expand the size of the dock to allow for the larger ships. But Disney is not yet confirming that that's where the two the two new ships are going. Well, actually, the announcement says that um, Disney has committed to the home po- to home port its two new ships in Port Canaveral. Oh, 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 it does. Okay, yeah, I thought they had said that they uh, weren't confirming for that for a yet. total of so many right dates. Right, it's not it's not it's forever. like one hundred and fifty dates. Yeah. What's nice, though, is that um, there's a lot of open issues here. There's a lot of speculation going around. There's no reason to keep four Disney ships in Port Canaveral. Two, um, of, the, two yeah. of the ships can go through the Panama Canal. Well, they also make mention in this release about the two, other, the two older ships' mobility. Right. 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 And this is what uh, I was saying at one point, was that the two new ships are coming here. Uh, either the Wonder of the Magic is going to be based out of Los Angeles. Yep. And the other one is going to float. It's going to do, Alaska. you know, we heard Hong Kong, um, you know, Alaska is a possibility, the Mediterranean, though I'm sure they'll do another Mediterranean cruise. It's just going to expand so many possibilities of what they can do. I think initially we're going to see three ships here. I think there's enough business and enough itineraries out of Port Canaveral. They'll, they'll keep three in Port Canaveral. I think the tie-in to Walt Disney World is also huge. Yeah. Because you, you, you're not going to have these ships doing land seas. They're not going to be doing shorter runs. They're going to be doing longer runs. So you got to have one ship doing a land sea package, which means a shorter run. And I think we're going to see the other ship go out, too. Could Just be. to add on to this, Royal Caribbean is putting one of their big ships here also. So yeah, that's Port, exciting. Port Canaveral is going to have to get bigger. Right. Yeah. I believe the freedom is coming here. Yeah, that parking garage is like a thousand cars. It's going to be able to handle. That's it's going to be huge, big. absolutely. And a tie-in to this story is uh, uh, Tom McAlpin from Disney Cruise Line was um, questioned about the fuel charges that other uh, cruise lines have been imposing, and he has said that Disney Cruise Line has no immediate plans to add a fuel charge to their ships, but he's only committed that through April. Um, so it's kind of like the, you know, we, we're not going to do it now, but we could do it in the future. My guess is they're going to do it in the future. So what this was is his way of saying, listen, guys, if you're going to book, book now. They can't add the fuel charge to something that's already booked. You don't have to be paid in full, but you should have a deposit down. This is where Royal Caribbean and the other cruise lines got into trouble. Right. And they were adjusting their price after you committed to the to the price of the cruise. Let me just give a real quick explanation. When you book a cruise, the contract you make with the cruise line is that the cruise fare is what you're committing to. Port charges, government taxes, and fees can increase. So if the port of call you're going to go to has an increase in their taxes, the cruise line has the right to pass that charge to the guest. But you commit to a cruise fare, and the fuel charge cannot be then added on later to a cruise fare. So... My suggestion is if you're considering a cruise, if you're considering the podcast cruise, do me a favor, book it as soon as you can. Makes no sense to wait. I, I, my first impression when he announced that was this is heads up, everyone. Get on the ball because it's coming. 
and they were trying to see what the reaction was. Mm. All right. Well, thank you very much, John. That will do it for Rapid Fire this week. We're going to take a break and play a couple of cast member appreciation voicemails. When we come back, Bob Varley will have his report on this year's Epcot Flower and Garden Festival. Hi, uh, my name is Lori McDevitt, um, and I'm calling to tell you about uh, the best experience I've had with a cast member at Walt Disney World. Um, it was back in May of 2007, and we were there celebrating um, my birthday and my parents' anniversary. On my parents' anniversary, we had a reservation at Whispering Canyon Cafe over at the Wilderness Lodge, and um, our server that evening um, was right neighborly, a.k.a. Chris, and he was fantastic. He actually sang a cappella, a wonderful, beautiful anniversary song to my parents, and he brought out a little chocolate cake for me since it was my birthday and um, had the whole restaurant singing happy birthday to us. Now, my son, who was four at the time, was, of course, getting a real kick out of the whole ketchup thing going on there, and uh, actually, Chris, he, my son who's Liam, had dropped his fork on the floor, and we asked Chris, our server, to bring us another one. And he came out with this four-foot-tall black fork, and my son just got a huge kick out of this whole uh, evening and all the get-up that was going on. And um, I actually came home and wrote a letter to the Whispering Canyon staff, um, the manager, actually, um, to acknowledge Chris for the great job he had done. And he, he just made our evening there so special and one I will never forget. Hi, this is Kathy, and I was calling in with my cast appreciation um, story. And mine goes out to Debbie and the staff of the Coral Reef. Um, beforehand, um, before going down for my son's eighth birthday, I called Debbie, and we had set up personalized menus and a diver to come down in the tank for my son's eighth birthday. And the experience this past week was absolutely fantastic. Um, it started off with us being sat down right next to the tank and the waitress handing my son a personalized menu that had his pictures in it and a, and a message to him from the coral reef. And he was just absolutely amazed that they had pictures of him. Um, I had used ones from the Jedi Training Academy and he was just, just amazed that he had this personalized message from the Coral Reef, and they knew who he was. Um, we sat down. We had a wonderful lunch with them. Um, and then towards the end of our meal, the waitress came over and let us know that, you know, they were in, they were in contact with the diver uh, very discreetly, so my son didn't hear, and that it would be happening any minute now. So we got ready, and then... The diver almost snuck up on my son, and we, we tapped him on the shoulder and pointed out to him that the, that the diver was in the tank and holding up a sign that said, Happy Birthday, Dylan, and he was just so amazed, and he had the biggest grin on his face that, that was just absolutely amazing, and the diver had him climb up on the edge of the tank and took handfuls of shells and threw it up like confetti around, around Dylan in the sign so that everybody could see that it was his birthday and the whole restaurant broke out into a happy birthday song and applauded him and it was just the best happy birthday surprise that I think he could have gotten. He's 
still saying that was the best part of our trip. It was better than rides. It was better than everything. Um, and I just want to say thank you to Debbie, to the staff, to everybody at the Coral Reef, the diver, um, for going that extra mile and really, really making his birthday special. Hi, this is Kathy, and I was calling in with my cast appreciation um, story. And mine goes out to Debbie and the staff of the Coral Reef. Um, beforehand, um, before going down for my son's eighth birthday, I called Debbie, and we had set up personalized menus and a diver to come down in the tank for my son's eighth birthday. And the experience this past week was absolutely fantastic. Um, it started off with us being sat down right next to the tank and the waitress handing my son a personalized menu that had his pictures in it and a, and a message to him from the coral reef. And he was just absolutely amazed that they had pictures of him. Um, I had used ones from the Jedi Training Academy, and he was just, just amazed that he had this personalized message from the coral reef and they knew who he was. Um, we sat down, we had a wonderful lunch with them, um, and then towards the end of our meal, the waitress came over and let us know that, you know, they were in, they were in contact with the diver uh, very discreetly, so my son didn't hear, and that it would be happening any minute now. So we got ready, and then the diver almost snuck up on my son, and we, we tapped him on the shoulder and pointed out to him that the that the diver was in the tank and holding up a sign that said, Happy Birthday, Dylan. And he was just so amazed, and he had the biggest grin on his face that that was just absolutely amazing. And the diver had him climb up on the edge of the tank and took handfuls of shells and threw it up like confetti around around Dylan in the sign so that everybody could see that it was his birthday. And the whole restaurant broke out into a Happy Birthday song and applauded him and it was just the best happy birthday surprise uh, I think he could have gotten. He's still saying that was the best part of our trip. It was better than rides. It was better than everything. Um, and I just want to say thank you to Debbie, to the staff, to everybody at the Coral Reef, the diver, um, for going that extra mile and really, really making his birthday special. We are going to move on to Mr. Varley, who's just getting his headphones on. Okay, and he is, he is going to tell us a little bit about uh, food and, or not food and wine, flower and garden festival. I always get them mixed <laughs> up. But the Epcot Flower and Garden Festival, which started last week, he was over there on the opening day last yep. Wednesday. Yes, I was. And what do you have to tell us, Bob? I have good and I have bad. Uh, I I went this year for, for the first day, and I was there at like ten thirty, and I actually did a, another video that I've started. Part one's already up on the web, but I already have uh, four more parts coming, so it's going to be exciting. Uh, the bad was I was disappointed. There weren't as many topiaries as I expected, and if you watch the videos, there's there's areas that weren't covered. Uh, I'm extremely upset at the America Pavilion. They just don't want to do anything with that, do they? They didn't even do the pear thing this year. Or, you know how they did at the food and wine? They did the little sections what over is, there. I, I wish somebody would explain that to me. What is up with that? There's, Peter, there's nothing in the U.S. Pavilion, or the America Pavilion. They have this little garden way in the back on the right side, 
and it's some kind of herb garden or something like that, and that's it. And then they have the concert. I can give them, you know, the concert series is okay, but even those uh, flower power topiaries they had in front of the thing last year, they shoved those over in front of uh, a garden town. As you're going up to Garden Town, those ended up over there, and they used them for over there. There's no topiaries at all at America. Is there anything at all in America, or is it just like like a, like a normal day? It's just like a normal day. Uh, if you if you didn't know to go back over to that little garden area, the, in the kitchen garden, the, whatever it is, yeah, it, you wouldn't know. And uh, so I was disappointed in in America. I was disappointed in the UK. Uh, that you know how they usually have uh, Winnie the Pooh sitting out there in front of the building across from the the pub, right on the side there. Usually mm-hmm. they have a topiary there, and they have uh, Tigger and uh, uh, what's the other one? Eeyore. Usually, did they do anything else to replace the? They uh, did this. They did this uh, teacup thing, and they take these really big teacups and they put these all the things that go into the tea bags that they use, mm-hmm. and they, they have the plants growing out of that, and they, they talk about that. And, and they scatter those around in the, in the garden over in the back there. But there's no topiaries. It's over in the U.K.? Yeah. And Canada, there's, there's no topiary there. Usually you have Bambi. And, no, I'm saying, you know, I, I, I realize well, there's did, a, gir- there's a dearth of, of, of topiaries. Did they do other things, though, to compensate? Well, they did. Like in the U.K., they did do... Do the tea bag thing. It's called the English tea garden, right? So, or the tea bag thing. The tea bag thing, <laughs> as I like to refer. Which, depending to it. on the age group of our listeners, could take on an entirely different meaning. Oh, I'm but, sure Ursula Shadow got it. But uh, you know, and then in, in Canada, they didn't have. They usually have a few of those. I mean, the the garden over there is spectacular. Uh, going over to La Cellier, and it always is. But uh, the R is silent. Le Cellier. Le Cellier. I thought no, I did that. Le What about the R in Canada? Canada. <laughs> well, that can stay. So, and then, like, when I first came in the entrance, there's no real sign announcing the Flower and Garden Festival. Usually they, they have something up there. It's just Mickey and Minnie and, and Goofy up on a surfboard. And, I mean, they're nice topiaries, but, you know, there's, they didn't even do that. Uh, on the good side, though, they've taken a, a bunch of the stuff that has been scattered out around World Showcase and all these uh, over in, in Interventions West. That he, hurt, wor- he worked for that, that one. hurt. But you know how that little hallway there that they had all the talks would go on over there? Mm-hmm. Well, they've taken those and they've moved them over to... Um, what's the name? I'm sorry. I'm drawing a blank. The Odyssey? No. I'll tell you in a second. This senior moment, sponsored by Dreams sponsored Unlimited by Travel. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the one... I didn't say it. Don't look at me. Oh, my God. Canada? No. It's in, it's in uh, Future World. The Universe of Energy? No. Right next to that. Up the hill. Horizon? Wonders of Life? The Wonders of Life? The Wonders of Life building. Oh, my God. I feel like we're playing pyramid. <laughs> Charades. 
<laughs> think you should put in spaghetti sauce. <laughs> I can think of one to do. That's funny. See, I wanted to, I wanted to draw our attention. Clay's in World Showcase. <laughs> it's not in World Showcase, but they've taken all that and put that over in that building, and. Uh, they have a running movie over there of how to make topiaries, mm-hmm. and uh, which is cool. They, the movie's running. The movie's does it have traction? Runs continuous, oh, okay. and they have it it's in a little theater. For the marathon, and then they have the other little theaters that they have different uh, places where the people can talk about. You know the, the special guests that they have. So they're doing stuff in the Wonders of Life Pavilion, right? And it's it's taken over that whole building. They have a whole train set up over there. Where last year they they had just a little building out in World Showcase. This year they've expanded that, and they uh, they have uh, a nice display going on over there. So I see that as a plus. They've taken it and generalized it over there. And there's other things in. Um, Future world that are highlighted. You know, you have um, oh, over in Garden Town. You have the Kid Fun Fair, Tricks of the Trade. Uh, Garden, they have the cafe. are these like the little uh, little seminars they do at the kiosks? Yeah. And it allowed them to have a bigger area and more people to attend these seminars. And so I I see that as a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to. Uh, Make the topiaries the big thing of the whole thing. They have uh, an area where they have planting pointers that go on one and four o'clock. They have the American Gardeners. Uh, did I get all the hours in there? <laughs> and then some. And then some. Uh, Friday, some just laying around. Friday, Friday through Sunday is when they have the different. Yeah, they do themes. that stuff on the weekends. The yeah. uh, like the like the uh, stuff like that. So those are twelve and three p.m. And I think it, it's nice because it's all nice and air-conditioned in there. They have a cafe in there where you can get some sandwiches and things. We're still at the Wonders of Life Pavilion? Wonders of Life, okay. yeah. And then, uh, you know, going around. So, yeah, that's a, actually that's a good point to make to people then because you're not going to necessarily see that walking around. You'll need mm-hmm. to, like, go out of your way to go into Wonders of Life. And there's no real big sign. I mean, you get your brochure and it'll tell you. And so... Make sure you you make a note to go over that way because people have got used to not going there. Right, exactly. So, uh, and then the Minnie's Magnificent Butterfly Garden. I love that. Every year I go in there and you just, the butterflies are all over and they, you know, they do a really good job. creeps me out. I spend my whole life keeping bugs off of me. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta walk in this big tent. John was, John was putting on cutter as we walked in last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the butterflies were falling like flies. Why are they dying, Mom? I like the butterflies too, Bob. It, it's a fun area. And uh, over next to that. See, yeah, Walter loves that stuff too. You have, the, yeah, you have to understand, the last time we went in last year, there was a young lady who was a cast member. And she picked up this butterfly and she walked over and she's trying to hand it to John and she said this one hasn't got long to live and she's trying to hand him this dying butterfly and John just kept looking at me like get me out of here <laughs> those things where I put my hands behind my back you know? like, and she's like don't you want to hold it before it dies oh I thought he would have like crushed it <laughs> really well now, it, now it's dead it was a little creepy the last time we were in there let me help it along <laughs> but uh, right next to it there's a play area uh, Pluto's play zone where the kids can go and uh, expend some energy. Uh, 
the bonsai collection. I always love Japan and looking at all the different bonsai trees that they have growing there. And uh, that just there's no topiaries in Japan either. But that's I I consider the bonsais their contribution. Same thing with uh, China. They they do the thing with the Chinese uh, zodiac, and they have the different. Uh, animals there. Did they have this the panda year. out there? No, I didn't see the panda. Hmm. So that's another one I didn't. I didn't see. They cut back. They had in front of the restaurant. They put this year is the year of the rat, and they had this uh, rat. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's the year of the rat in China. So they they had it, but a big rat topiary. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not a topiary. It, it, I don't actually. I drove by it so fast. It was. Oh, yeah, okay. So um, the other area I like is going over to France and the the uh, fragrance garden that's over there. And they actually have t- uh, a complimentary tour at 2 o'clock. I did that right, Julie? Yes. 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and 6 p.m. each day. So And they take you around and walk you through the, the different parts of the garden and explain it. And they have the sniff stations where you can actually sniff the different uh, fragrances of, and see which flowers actually create those, those uh, fragrances. Uh, that. So uh, another area that was, looked really cool. I didn't, I'm going back again. Uh, the Peter Pan's Neverland Garden over near the Rose Garden Walkway. They did a nice job and uh, over there. And I just want to mention if anyone's going right this minute, the Rose Garden, which usually is pretty spectacular. Right now, it's not doing anything at all. I mean, there's... Well, it's kind of early. Yeah, it's usually usually in the very beginning, the Rose Garden is a little sparse. Yeah. So uh, they mentioned in the book that in May there's some kind of... Uh, event going on for that so I, I don't want to screw around with mother nature and uh so we'll just leave the rose garden for later but i look forward to doing that uh with getting pictures so there's there's a there is a lot of stuff going on in future world so take a look at the book when you when you pick it up we're going to have i'm going to have more stuff on it uh, I was looking at your photos, Bob. You know what I like this year? I like the, the theming of it, uh, the fun in the sun. Yeah, you know, they had they have Stitch. He's a, he's a lifeguard. Um, Goofy's oh, Goofy, riding a surfboard. Donald, uh, Donald and uh, Daffy Duck are playing volleyball down at yeah, the sand end of the, volleyball. Sand volleyball. Daffy Duck is not Day, Donald and Daisy. Daisy. Da- yeah. Did I say Daffy? <laughs> Donald and, and Daisy. He lives elsewhere. Oh, yeah. Well, forget Daffy. But and then there's and Pluto, Pluto playing, playing with, with the ball, ball, beach yeah. ball. So the theming is good, you know. And I enjoyed it. You know, the the colors were there. I was there was just those those countries. So it was really missing. the topiaries that you found most disappointing. Yeah, that set me off. And the American gar- and the American and, pavilion. And the American pavilion that just set me off. What would you What would you say is uh, were your two most favorite things that you saw? I love the fragrance garden in and, France. In France and. I really want to get back into the uh, the garden town. I think that there's a lot of stuff going on over there, and uh, I think those are the places to highlight. 
I think this is really cool. I, I, I say I like the Flower and Garden Festival. I don't. I, I have to give Disney credit. I don't think this is a huge money maker for them. I think this is a cost compared to the Food and Wine Festival, mm-hmm. where the Food and Wine Festival is a cash cow. Well, I don't know. I think I think Flower and Garden really does draw a lot of visitors in. I mean, it's oh, a popular it was, event. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, those might be people that would be coming anyway. They're not spending a whole lot of extra money. I think they might be buying some of these garden tchotchkes, but. Um, there's not the purchase potential that there is for food and right. wine, where it's, where this is more of a draw people into the parks type of exactly. thing. Exactly. I think this is, and I don't think Epcot ever looks better than this time no, of I year. Agree. That's, I absolutely agree. I want to mention uh, when you go into Garden Town, right as you go in the entrance, they, there's about twelve different brochures, and they they have different facts of how to how to grow different things, indoor plants, topiaries. Uh, the insects that are beneficial to the uh, taking Someone care. Someone else has to go see that this year. <laughs> oh, you don't want to go back and do the bugs? No, I, I saw the bugs eating they other ha- bugs. They have a thing about hanging plants, floating gardens, uh, bonsai trees. So there's a whole bunch how to take care of or- orchids. That would Well, Walter knows how to do that. Yeah. So let me just throw a couple of things, and I'm, I'm wrapping up because I'll be talking more about it later. Um. The number of interior plants used each year at Disney World is 8,500 plants. Interior plants. In- interior plants. And the largest, the largest uh, garden of interior plants is at the Polynesian. That makes sense. The number of hanging plants on show at one time is over 800, and it takes 50 to 75 four-inch plants to create one of the, the balls on the holiday displays. Hmm. And a number of bedding plants and annuals planted each year are over 3 million. Oh, my God. Uh, One more. Total number of plant species represented are 3,500 different species. So, and there's 13,000 roses planted in the landscape over Epcot in the Rose Garden. Wow. So, that's an informational sheet, too, that's available for people. So, again... Once you get past the topiaries, I thought it was thought it was okay. But I also heard people say, you know, it was kind of boring this year. So really, I, I got a. Well, you do know. you think it might be uh, it, it might be flower and garden fatigue? I mean, it goes on every year. People I, go back year after year. Are they not doing enough new stuff? Do you think? No, I think it's people. They're not highlighting that that area is open to people, and they're seeing things that aren't there. Like in the past years well, that are spread things, out. They're not seeing things that are there. Right. They're not seeing those things. So that's why I want to call attention to that area. So definitely head over to Wonders of Life Pavilion. Yep. So I also think in looking at the brochure you brought us, Bob, there's a lot of um, scheduled events going on. There's different weekends. There's different stuff going on that um, I've not remembered in, in past Flower and Garden Festivals. Well, each, each year they've had you know the, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday thing. Has been featured. I mean, Kevin went to see Bugs one year. But this has like, I'm just looking real quick, May 2nd through May 4th, Florida Garden Town Market. They're going to showcase all that Florida's farmers have to offer. And then other weeks are going to be other things. So I think this is one of the things that they're doing this year is they seem to have a lot of special events and special um, uh, guest speakers and things yeah. like that going on. So Yeah, they've got a lot of stuff going on every weekend, like a lot of go- the gardening series with a, um, a lot of you know famous master gardeners that are coming in doing yeah. seminars. And I'll give them that. You know, it's just I'm upset I didn't see a sign at the beginning in America. Just when I got there, it was like I made a point of on Cotcam of 
highlighting the whole area, so you, you, you'll actually get to see it. Yeah. In the, I'll get that up tonight or tomorrow, and you'll see what America actually looks like. So They have some cute festival merchandise, too. Like, you can buy a garden gnome, but it's Mickey. Yep. Well, they also have a Tinkerbell gazing ball. Did you get that? I took a picture of that for you. Did you? <laughs> also, one of my favorite things now, ever since last year, is the Mother's Day brunch. Yeah. That they do in Epcot. We're booked for yeah. that again this year. That lists the price in there. Did you see the price? Yeah, it's uh, forty six ninety nine, um, which I last year I thought, wow, that's really expensive for a Disney buffet. Yeah, but I got to tell you, I was blown away by just how how good it was. Um, you know the the, the not just not just the quality of the food. The quality of the food was top notch. It was the sheer abundance of it. I have never seen so much food laid out in one place. Even though, you know, they do it in that uh, what do they call it, World Show Place? Yeah. Uh, that big tent that they had created for the Millennium so that they use now for special events. Yeah. And I just, the amount of food that they had in there was stunning. And the quality of it was so good. We were shocked. We were stunned. So, One last thing. The area... Along the water banks, like in front of the uh, the butterfly section, there's all those planting areas there. Well, this year they've they've made symbols that reflect the nautical flags, and I'm not going to ruin it. There's not going to be any. I'm not going to divulge what it is. But on both sides, there's a message. Uh, that's spelt out in the nautical flags. The okay. four flags. Yeah, and you can pick those up also at that. Ooh, it's like Disney Survivor. <laughs> you can pick those up with the other brochures that you can pick up. So Great. go ahead. Well, thank you very much, Bob, for your Flower and Garden Report. We appreciate it. All right, we're going to take another break here, play another couple of cast member appreciation voicemails, and right after that, Kevin Close will tell us about his recent dining experience at the Crystal Palace at uh, the Magic Kingdom. Uh, good afternoon, Diz Unplugged crew. Uh, this is Martin Blanco, a listener and now participant on the boards. wanted to call with a uh, compliments to a Disney cast member. And I have to tell you, um, we're fortunate enough to stay frequently at the Yacht Club in the concierge level. So in general, the staff up there is always terrific. Not only are they helpful, but they're friendly. But beyond that, I wanted to single out uh, Captain Ron Mish, who drives one of the pilots, one of the pontoon boats that uh, you can take out for for leisure, and we've we've done that for the Illuminations cruise, and we had an Illuminations cruise last week on Tuesday, and during at some point during the cruise, my son lost one of his trading pins, and Matthew just traded for this pin uh, with a concierge member, and it's uh, it's Mickey, Donald, and Goofy carrying uh, one of our original flags with the, with the 13 stars for colonies in the Spirit F-76 iconic image that many of us are familiar with. It's a nice pin, and he grew very attached to it because of the characters on it and uh, his, his interest in uh, Revolutionary War and Colonial America. And the day he traded for it, he lost it. it. It just fell off. I think the weight of the pin was too much for the rubber backing. It fell off the lanyard, um, either on the dock or in the boat. At any rate, uh, the next day when we noticed it was gone, I retraced our steps. They let me check the boat. It wasn't there. It wasn't on the dock. Uh, the marina wasn't open. 
Uh, but they said they ship everything to Lost and Found, and the Lost and Found people at the Yacht Club were very nice and uh, said they'd, they'd keep their eyes open, and they gave me another pin for, for Matthew to trade with. But we never did find it. But when we came home from our trip, uh, when our mail was uh, came back to us on Tuesday, there was a package, and there was a return address from, from Captain Ron. He was our pilot. And lo and behold, inside was the pin, and he must have mailed it the next day. He probably got our address from uh, from the records uh, from the hotel and sent it out to us. And uh, that was that was really terrific of him. And I want to thank him for a great boat ride, but also the, the thoughtfulness, the thoroughness in checking the boat and the thoughtfulness in uh, sending it back to us, tracking us down and taking the time and, and expense, I mean, buck and change, but an expense nonetheless to send it back to make a little boy very happy. Uh, couldn't find this pin elsewhere. I think it was a 2005 pin, and uh, it just wasn't available anymore. And what a nice surprise at the end of the vacation. We come home, we get our mail, and like magic, there it was. So special thanks to Captain Ron Mish. Yeah, hi, Pete and gang. Um, my name's Tom. I called in a few months ago with the suggestion of uh, raiding the pools at the parks that Corey now is doing. Um, I've been listening to your podcast about kudos for cast members. Well, I've got one, I think. Um, My daughter, she's now 13, but when she was 7, we went to the park. We live in Bradenton, so we're not that far away. We go as much as we can. And it was her birthday, and we went to um, Chef Mickey's. And, of course, you know, they give her the cake, take our picture, and they gave her a little pin that said, My Birthday. So she wore it that day when we left Chef Mickey's. First place, of course, was the gift shop in the Contemporary. And one of the cast members behind the counter saw the pin and said to her, uh, Hey, you know, there's somebody on the phone here that would like to talk to you. So... He brought her over to the counter and dialed a number and uh, turned out being goofy. (laughs) And he wished her a happy birthday. She got to talk to him. Um, She got a real kick out of that. Matter of fact, my name on your boards is Goofman. I just get a kick out of that guy. My kids think I'm crazy. So after that, we um, went down and we uh, decided to rent boats and ride around the lake there, Bay Lake. And um, uh, we rented them for about 30 minutes, me and my daughter. uh, uh, My wife and my other daughter were in one boat, and me and my birthday girl were in the other. We got back, and one of the cast members saw us pull up to the dock and saw my daughter's uh, uh, It's My Birthday pin and told us, go on out for another 30 minutes. And basically gave us another 30 minutes on the lake, and my daughter just loved it, and got the biggest kick out of it. And later that day, we went to Magic Kingdom. And it just seemed like, it was like every cast member we passed that saw that pin on her, she got an ice cream cone, she got congratulations, um... Uh, the members would see us in line and someone would point her out. Um, It just was, you know, and we've been to Disney, I can't tell you how many times, but that was um, one of those things that will stick in a dad's mind for a long time. So 
I just thought I'd share that. We love your show. I love your show. I listen to it at night. Um, and uh, guys, keep up the good work. And there are a lot of good cast members. I think that's what keeps us coming back all the time. We're going to move on to Kevin Close's review of the Crystal Palace at the Magic Kingdom. Did you go for breakfast, lunch, dinner? We went for dinner. We met um, some friends for dinner. Mm-hmm. That well, that was their choice. And John and I ran into some traffic, so we were running a little bit late. And as we walked up and walked onto the porch, they called the name. So it was great. We didn't have to wait at all. The Crystal Palace draws a big crowd. I am of the opinion that the Crystal Palace is the best restaurant in Disney. In the Magic Kingdom. Let me rephrase that. I was going to say, wow, wait a second. Let me start again. I I believe that the Crystal Palace is the best restaurant in the Magic Kingdom. The other two, while it's not a table service restaurant, it is a buffet. I think it blows Liberty Tree Tavern and Tony's Town Square out of the water. Uh, The price for adults. This is a little bit hard to review because I usually tell you what we all ordered and what we thought of everything. Uh, This was a buffet, so it's kind of hard to do a real review of it. The price for adults for dinner is twenty seven ninety nine, and for children ages three to ten, the price is twelve ninety nine. I also believe that the Crystal Palace is one of is probably the only Magic Kingdom restaurant. Now I'm, I'm saying restaurant as compared to a counter service place. I think the Crystal Palace might be the only one that could survive outside of the Disney bubble. Really, I think this would survive in the real world. Really, yeah. Uh, the food was fresh. The food was good. The food was, as you said, abundant. There were choices of every caliber. You could go for the stuff that's really bad for you, or you could go for a much healthier version. Um, some of the highlights. There was a carving station. They had roast pork. Uh, I can't think of the name of the beef. What? Prime rib. <laughs> Prime rib. Um, I couldn't think of that word. And they had a fresh turkey. Uh, they had some great cheddar mashed potatoes the day we were there and they had something that I just thought was absolutely wonderful. It was a cornbread souffle Mm. and it was made in a great big skillet. Uh, This is a character meal. All of the Winnie the Pooh characters are there. You get to see Pooh, Tigger, and Eeyore. And the character interaction time is really incredible. And Piglet. Oh, and Piglet. I'm sorry. Actually, you get to see Tigger, Eeyore, and Piglet more than you get to see Pooh. Pooh sort of stands... (laughs) At the beginning, at the, um, the entrance to the restaurant, he's more of an individual greet. He doesn't wander through the restaurant quite as often. I think while we were sitting there, and we weren't there any longer than I think anybody else would have been there. We weren't lingering, in other words. We got to see each of the characters two or three times. So there was a lot of interaction. Um, some of the downsides to the Crystal Palace... It's it's a boisterous restaurant. It's it's, loud. It yeah. is loud. It's all glass. The other thing is, there's a great deal of traffic in the aisles. The characters are up. The kids are up. Everybody's up moving back and forth because they're going back to the buffet. And the servers are trying to get through. I did not make it from our table. We were pretty centrally located to either the buffet or out of the restaurant without every time having to move out of someone else's way who was carrying a tray of dishes or pushing a stroller. So it's one of those places that this is not the place I would recommend if you're looking for a uh, fine, quiet dining kind of thing. But if you like that kind of boisterous... Excitement? Yeah. it's a. I, I think it's a the best the best deal in the Magic Kingdom. And while it's not cheap, I think you're getting what you pay for. I think you're getting quality food. What was the price for an adult? 
$27.99 at dinner for adults and $12.99 for children. That's not bad considering Liberty Tree. I mean, that it's well, pretty that was, much... That was Liberty just, Tree, that was just disgusting. Disgusting, and the I think it's about they the same. On the table. It was about the same price. I should go back there just so I can complain about it again. Yeah. <laughs> That's new. I need, something, to, I need something more to complain about. The Crystal Palace is open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and... They su- they suggest you make reservations. I'm going to take that a step further. Reservations are pretty much mandatory. This is one of three restaurants in the Magic Kingdom, and all three restaurants are very, very crowded. People are there, and they're looking for a place to eat. I would recommend that if you don't need to see the parade or you don't need to see the fireworks, that that's a great time to go in the restaurant. Yeah. You sort of avoid the parade. Uh, it's a great way to get out of the heat. Uh, the lunch buffet, I've been there for lunch. I, I haven't been there for breakfast. Yes, you were. We went there for breakfast when my nephews were here one year. Yes, I was. I was there for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> he was asleep still. And they do take the Disney dining experience, so you do get your 20% off. However, uh, if you're a party of six or more or you're using the Disney dining experience, they automatically add an 18% gratuity. And there is some discussion as to whether that's really appropriate because it is a buffet. Yeah, However, our nice. server, I forget her name, but she was wonderful. She was terrific, And yeah. I don't think any of us wanted for anything. I would highly recommend if you're going to be in the Magic Kingdom and looking for a sit-down experience or at least a restaurant experience as opposed to carrying food from a counter or waiting in line to pay at the counter, this is a great experience. What was that dessert you liked? Now, are you going to make the skeevy face? I am. They had a bread pudding, a hot bread pudding with a Bailey's Irish cream sauce. And it was in this It was in this pan skillet? about the size of a, 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 a car tire, <laughs> like wow. a skillet. And every time I walked past the buffet, and I'm trying not to eat things like bread pudding with Bailey's Irish cream sauce... Every time, it actually, I could hear it calling my name. Kevin, Kevin. Now, is it a, a, the Bailey's Irish cream sauce? Is it, the, I'm assuming they burn off the alcohol in the cooking? Yeah, I mean, there was no alcohol in it. I asked, as a matter of fact, that's one of the things I asked. Was there alcohol in this? Because it's there for kids, too. Right. And they said, no, it was just a, basically a flavor. Yeah, little Johnny's walking around all toasted. <laughs> <laughs> now, this was one of the places we did uh, the chicken nugget test. Yeah. And the chicken nuggets, as opposed to the chicken strips, I don't think anybody would be disappointed. It doesn't have that thick, crunchy uh, coating that the chicken strips had. But it is white meat chicken, and it was well, pretty well prepared. Um, they have a great deal of salads. There are two sides to the buffet, and they're pretty much mirror images of each other. And then the dessert is in the center of the buffet. They had a wonderful roast turkey, and one of the things that stood out in my mind, and again, this is not something that John would like, they had an orange cranberry chutney with some walnuts in it to put on top of your turkey that I just thought was out of this world. Now, was it fresh turkey or was it processed? No, it was a, f- a whole turkey. And it was they a were, whole turkey. They were well, on a carving cool. station yep, turkey? and they had the oh. prime rib, the roast pork, and the... There's something about when people say chutney, it just shuts It's, me it's down. basically an orange cranberry relish, but it was really tasty. And on the turkey, it was really good. Yeah. Behind the buffet is actually the, the rotisserie. So you can right. see them roasting up the, the meats and the, the turkey breasts and stuff. Oh, cool. So it's really cool. Did they have like uh, fried chicken? 
they had chicken strips. There was a chicken. I, I, I apologize. I have racked my brain and I don't know what it was. There was a chicken dish in another skillet. And I want to say like a chicken cacciatore. Okay. I was involved in. Um, I was really trying to eat healthy, and they had some great veg- uh, vegetable choices and some great salad choices. So. I was sticking with things like the turkey. And once I found this orange cranberry relish to go with the turkey, I kind of didn't deviate so from between that. Between that and the bread pudding, you were just well, gone. The bread pudding, I had a little bit of it. My, the big downfall for me was the uh, corn souffle, the cornbread souffle. It was this great big thing of hot cornbread with whole kernel corn in it. Mm. The only kept thing I kept thinking was... It, if they had just put some jalapenos next to it. I like jalapenos with my cornbread. Yeah. This was really, really good. Butter. So oh. there were six of us and everybody. Oh, they had a great soup that night, too. They had a baked potato soup with crumbled bacon on top of it, mm. which was really good. So everybody seemed to enjoy it. Uh, again, it's twenty seven ninety nine. It's twelve ninety nine. And I recommend it. That's not a bad price. It's really not. And it's it's your best experience in the Magic Kingdom as far as restaurants go. The other two, skip them. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Kevin. Thank you, Bob. Thanks, everybody, for a great show. That is going to do it for our show this week. We will be back with you again next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Thanks for listening. 